Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Recovery Talk, a podcast from the Peer Recovery Center of Excellence. I'm your host, Shannon Roberts. Each month, we'll be talking with an expert in the field, discussing substance use challenges, resources to assist individuals with a substance use challenge and or their families, and best practices for the delivery of peer recovery support services. This month, we're bringing you a shorter episode, but I had a conversation with one of our organizational stakeholders. I had the privilege of talking with Dr. Mo of Straight Up Care. Get ready to hear some incredible work being done by some incredible people. And without further ado, let's get talking. All right, listeners, I'm here with Dr. Mo of Straight Up Care. Dr. Mo, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Sweet. Do you want to spend a few minutes just kind of introducing yourself to folks? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Dr. Mo. I am a professor at the University of South Dakota, and I teach in the addiction counseling and prevention department. So that's what I do during the day-ish. <laughs> um, and then I am also the CEO of Straight Up Care. And Straight Up Care is a telehealth platform that connects peer supports or people who are in recovery um, with other people who are trying to navigate their journey to recovery um, in this telehealth way, right? So being able to connect people online, um, in, in the time that they need it, uh, being able to have the administrative compliant and, um, tools that they need, uh, to be effective in the, in the tasks that they're trying to complete. Very cool. Thank you. How did, talk to me about the beginning of straight up care. How did it come to be? Yeah. So it started out with a, um, some research. So I'm a researcher. And so I was wondering like, what are, the hiccups, like what, why are people not getting the the treatment that they need? Why are they not getting the care they need? Why are we relapsing? What does relapse look like? How can we better help people just like make this path just a little bit smoother? Um, and so I found a lot of reasons, right? A lot of gaps, a lot of things that we could do different that we're not doing. Um, and it was a little overwhelming, but then I started looking at, you know, what, what is working that isn't being amplified? Um, and I thought that might be an easier task for me than trying to change the world. And it, it turned out it is a little easier. Uh, <laughs> and so I I realized a little bit more about what peer support looked like. And I knew because of my own recovery journey what peer support looked like for me, but I didn't realize how I, I could amplify it with my voice. And so I started um, understanding a little bit more about what peer specialists did, uh, how they could be implemented. And then I became a peer specialist and then I started working and then I understood a little bit more about what I could do to help. And um, since I got my PhD, I decided that, you know, I wanted to, again, lift people's voices up and be able to amplify um, what what I'm hearing, what I know, what I've seen and, and where people are. And so I decided that um, we would create some sort of platform to be able to help people, but I didn't quite know what it was going to look like. And when I tell you that the universe dropped Jonathan Lewis, my business partner, into my lap, like just he like sprinkled into my life. We live across the country and I just got so lucky to be able to have him as my business partner. He's an app developer, a marketer. He has all the skills that I don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and so together we realized what we could do. And so we created a telehealth platform and here we are today. So we applied for an NIH grant, uh, a challenge grant and won that. And so that really helped us get get moving and what it would look like to can we actually bring this to fruition? You know, doing some customer discovery. Do do people need this? Do they want that? How can we show them that, you know, their lived experience is so valuable? And that's mm. kind of what brought us to today. Very cool. So how did so talk to me more about how the universe dropped Jonathan in your lap? 
<laughs> so I had met him through another person that we both knew together, and it was like we hit it off immediately. Um, mm -hmm. Jonathan was willing to share uh, his recovery story with me, and it just... I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was the vulnerability that brought us both together um, or just our passion to be able to help other people um, that were in recovery. But he, we just hit it off. He's just been like a best friend since the day we met. And we're just on the same page for all things. You know, we want to create wealth, but in a way that we can share it with other people. And that seems like the best people to have in the recovery field is others who are minded like that. Um, my big scare was like, what happens if it gets big and somebody else gets a hold of it and then they don't have the background that we have and they accidentally harm people who are in recovery and they're not you know um vulnerable to what the what the language looks like and you know i just it scares me to think about what that could be but jonathan and i have decided that you know we both want to we are both on the same page and we both want to be advocates in this huge way that we're we hope we're creating very cool thank you i one of the themes that i keep hearing bubble up in my conversations with our organizational stakeholders and the organizations they work for or represent, or a lot of them start themselves. A lot of it is they recognized a need in their community that they didn't have and just decided to create it. And I'm wondering what's that, and maybe you don't have the answer, but what's that, what's that thing in people? Cause not everyone's going to go out and start something, right? Like what, if you could name it or if you could speak to it, what's that thing that you were like, you know what, this doesn't exist, but I believe I can create it. Yeah. So I think it really was um, understanding that my support that I had when I got into recovery. So I've played roller derby for a decade. Um, and at the beginning of my roller derby career, yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> um, Mo Payne, that's my roller derby name. At the beginning of my roller derby career, um, I started to kind of go off the rails a little bit uh, with my alcohol intake. And so my friends and colleagues and teammates got to watch me kind of tumble, right? Mm -hmm. But they were also the ones who were there to pick me up. So I got really big into the roller derby community and I traveled all over the world uh, teaching roller derby. And so I didn't just have a community of my roller derby team. I had this whole roller derby community and it looks and feels just like the recovery community so now that i'm retired from roller derby i'm so grateful that i have this recovery community that looks smells and tastes just like roller derby like we're all just a little like awesome <laughs> and yeah. we're a little different and we all understand that we're a little awesome and a little different and so we can be together in this space but i realized that if i wouldn't have had that before i found that that support that community i had nothing i had no I was so isolated. And I think that's how I got into uh, my return to use was because I didn't have anything. And I was so isolated from community and I was isolated from other humans and I just didn't have people lift me up. And I, I feel so immensely grateful that I had that, that I'm like, I can't imagine that other people have to go through it alone. Like if I wouldn't have had that huge support team and I use social media as a support for me too. You know, I still sure. post like, hey, I'm in so many, it's been 13 years now, you know, and and I just, that's that kind of like fuels me and keeps me in a space where I can be um, moving in the direction that I feel is correct. And so I wanted to, when I realized I could create something like that, I could replicate some of those pieces for other people. I was like, this is a no brainer because mm -hmm. I know how much it helped me. And I know that it could help other people. Is it for everyone to have this huge support team of a roller derby team? No, <laughs> but 
to have someone one-on-one that can be there for you and be able to help you. And then to use my skills that I've, you know, created through becoming a professor and being able to create the training that's now NADAC accredited, you know, and be able to do all these things that are already skills that I have to lift other people up. It just, it just became a no-brainer. And the NIH really like solidified it for me, right? When they were like, yes, this is a credible idea. And yes, we support you. And yes, here's a little bit of money. And here's how we want you to move forward. And here's what you can do next. I was like, Yep, it's I'm in. <laughs> I was hooked. Very cool. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of like starting an organization? It turns out being an entrepreneur is difficult. I am a serial entrepreneur since like seventh grade, selling suckers and band. Um, and I just like it's it's never easy, but you know when it's right. Like I've watched uh the universe just kind of align all the things to put them in place. Not that it hasn't been hard, but it was like, you know, winning that challenge grant, um, going to Yale, going to Babson, like all these different things that I've done because I just put this idea out there into the world and then just watching them come into fruition, meeting Jonathan Lewis, like being able to just have all these things come into, into place lets me know that I'm moving in the right direction. And honestly, I feel like when we get off track and we're like, oh, we should go over here and do this and this. And then it's like, something tells us, wait, just stay in line with what you're doing, you know, master the direction you're in, and then you can veer off a little bit and see what else is needed. But yeah, it's been, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like the organizational part of it, like the business part of it is not nearly as much fun as connecting with peers. Yesterday, I was at a tribal conference and I got to meet three peers who were super passionate and super awesome. And that is the kind of stuff I really enjoy, but like balancing the checkbook, not as quite as much fun, but all part of the process. So it's just learning all these new skills, meeting people who are in the, you know, substance use disorder and event and eventually excuse me, innovation space and like what people are doing really gives me fire. Like, you know, knowing what you guys are doing and how you're supporting people and the education that you've put into place and to help us all move forward. It just, that's what helps keep those like days where you have to balance a checkbook, like from being such a drag. Cool. Yeah. What does, so what does straight up care? What does that, like, what does your infrastructure look on the back end? What do you mean? What part? So like, do you have, so it's an online platform. So can anybody access it? Like Mm -hmm. if I, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Like if I'm out in the world and I want to access these services. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I see what you're asking now. So yeah, um, let's, let's talk about it from the peer perspective first. So let's talk about what a peer specialist has. So if you are a peer specialist, you can um, connect with the training. So in South Dakota and Nebraska, we have grant programs right now for people to get trained for free, um, which we think is super awesome. We think building the workforce is super important. Um, But we also have some programs in place for if you're just looking to onboard, you're already a peer specialist and you want to onboard. We we have some cool programs right now set in place um, for you to onboard for super cheap, actually. (laughs) Um, And then... um, if you are wanting to become a peerpreneur, as we've coined, um, we have other spaces for you to get, you know, understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Because if you're on our platform, you're not hired by us. You're 1099. You're a sole entrepreneur. You are you're, you are your own business, which is what we want. We want to build up a population of people who have this lived experience and are built for this space in order to allow them to reach other people and reach their highest potential. We also talk about what does it look like to 
to move beyond being a peer specialist. So if you'd like, if you're extremely like goal oriented, like I am, and you're like, what's the next step for me? Mm -hmm. um, it could look at what does it look like to be a peer supervisor? Maybe you want to get into the world of CHW. Maybe you want to get into the world of speaking, public speaking. Maybe you want to write a book. And we just kind of show you like how you can use your lived experience to like make sure that you know that that glass ceiling is broken, right? The sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want with your lived experience. And what does that look like for people moving forward? So that's kind of like our Peerpreneur Pro package um, and what that can look like for peer specialists getting into the space. But if you are looking for services on the platform, we have a matching algorithm. So there's peers on the platform that will, you know, you'll be able to match with. So we kind of looked at this as kind of a research standpoint um, as well. So what does it look like for people who are matched with other people? I mean, think about the last time or the first time you went to a counselor and maybe it was like not quite a good match for you or the first, you know, first few times you're like, ah, oh, this really wasn't the best match. You got to date your therapist. That, That's right? what I've heard. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you got to fire them and that's okay. They get it. They know, you know, they may not want you either, you know, and they can <laughs> fire you too. Right. So that could go both ways. Um, but we thought if we could use like a dating uh, app, like matching algorithm and match uh, using AI matching on certain components, maybe that we could help break down on some of those things. And so that's what Jonathan's created. He's the nerd side. Uh, nice. Jonathan created that. So if you logged on to my if you logged in and you were looking for a peer specialist and you put in um, 41 year old female in recovery from methamphetamine and alcohol use in the Midwest, because you want to hear me say, oh, every now and then, <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's what you would give me. Yeah, I would come up. Right. Like um, if you are a veteran, a combat veteran, you know, you could be able to click that box and you could have other combat veterans, you know, just trying to take. We, it already makes us special that we're in recovery, but what else makes us who we are and how can we use that to meet and reach other people? So then you can log on like that. You know, you can find your your match peer specialist. You can use uh, video. You can use chat. You can use text. Um, there's a space for notes. There's a scheduling. It sends out reminders and then payment on the other side. So all those things kind of working together for for the peer specialist and for the person coming to get services as well. Very cool. So when you when you and Jonathan first started imagining this or because it sounds like there's kind of two umbrellas within straight up care, right? Like me as a professional, as a peer wanting to engage with support or then me wanting peer support services engaging. Did you did they were both of those like umbrellas part of the initial process or brainstorming or did one like kind of grow out of the other? I think, I think we always knew we wanted it like that where we could, but we didn't really know like, who do we, who do we more work to, you know, like what, what space do we want to make? Do we want to make it more towards the person who wants the services or do we want to make a space for the peer specialist? And I think we realized that because we're passionate in both areas that we had to find a way to kind of mix that, but we really wanted to create something for the peer specialist to be able to be wildly successful. And that's really our goal is to create a space for them to work where they make a living wage and even more, right? And that they get to pick their own hours. They get to pick their own pay. They get to do all these things that, I don't know, sometimes people in recovery don't feel like they've been made to have those kind of 
that greatness, right? Yeah. I, I know I'm I'm teaching a cohort of peers right now that are uh, from drug court. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm often telling them like, you are deserving of this space and the the amount that you want to pick to work, the wage that you want, you're like, you, you're deserving of this, right? Because you are an expert in this field. And so I think we got really passionate about what does it look like to build up the peers And we know if we can give them a space where they can work um, and we can support them and we can keep them immersed in the education, the the latest and greatest, you know, best practices, um, we can really help a lot of other people on the other side, too. So we decided to build up what it looked like for the peers and then make a safe space for the people who are getting into recovery or extending their recovery or whatever that might look like for them. Super cool. So how long have you got how long has straight up care been out there and available? Um, just recently, just recently, <laughs> yep, we just rolled everything out. So yeah, we've been start. we started in 2021. We won the NIH grant. So we've been trying to perfect things and make sure that everything ran correctly. And, and HIPAA was our main concern. We wanted to make sure that we had everything put together so that we could be on the cusp of what it looks like to keep people safe. So super appreciate that. Yeah. We're still I- the new kids on the block. <laughs> yeah, I was asking about timeline because I was thinking back to your your researcher background and kind of how this grew out of that motivation and was just wondering if thus far there's been anything that you've, I don't know, if your researcher spidey senses have been like, ooh, that might be a good thing to explore. That's an interesting pattern I've noticed. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really pumped to get some data. Um, from participants and peers to understand like what comes next how is the matching algorithm working for them so better understanding like you know what does your wellness look like now versus after some peer support sessions um how can we make things better what do you need vr would vr be a space for us to dip into because that was a huge thing that jonathan and i both thought would be a great space or do you need something more anonymous do we need to go back to a td 2d world where you can kind of meet and just like you can have your avatar and you don't have to put a face or a name on anything. And and we're willing to open up, you know, what it looks like to go next. Um, and then I just want to know, like, how I, I want to have, I want to put out more research about how effective peer support services are. And so based on that, I have to kind of dig into to what are we getting with these online services versus what does it look like face-to-face and how are we helping? So I can go into hospitals and other establishments and go, here's what's happening. We already have other research. Here's what I've found. Now let's get going. Let's get people in these spaces so they're not slipping through the cracks like they are currently. So, Oh, that's that's so needed and so huge. I think that's a huge gap in the recovery field is the gap between like the researchers and the doers, right? There's just... I don't know, community-based research is always a, a big need and a personal passion of mine. So it's good to hear that more people are interested in that, yeah. especially for the peer space. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, even as we were doing like customer discovery and trying to better understand, you know, who's out there working now, how many peers are working, like that information is terribly hard to find. Um, and not that I can fill all those gaps or not that I want to, but I it, I feel like it's kind of my job since I am a researcher, to be able to put something back out there academically in order to to help the field grow. I know a lot of my friends that are researchers are, you know, doing research on xylazine and wastewater treatment and like different spaces where it's also really important, but it, it's harder in the recovery space to get a lot of good data and research and really understand what 
what is working. And of course, oftentimes what has the research is what gets the funding, right? And so instead of maybe some of these programs that are not as individualized getting some of that funding, hopefully we we know that, you know, individualized care is is where we're headed and where we should have been headed a long time ago. But I think things like research help it go a lot faster. <laughs> so I want to put back into that pool and make sure that I get back in that way too. I didn't go to school this long not to use all this fancy <laughs> stuff. So Right. I feel that. I feel that. I use feel... it for something, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Do you, um, what, what do you see? So you just launched and I'm going to guess you already have like what you want to see in like five, 10 years, even if it's a fuzzy vision. Yeah. So if I close my eyes right now, there's like the vision that we had to create for all the business things that we went through, like what's our exit strategy, you know? And I think if I look at our exit strategy, I don't really want that. <laughs> I want to be involved with straight up care for a very, very long time to come. But I want to see it grow. I want to see it grow into a way where our platform is used for medical assisted treatment, uh, a way to reach people. I want it to be care teams working together on our platform. I want peers at the table in every space that I can get them. I want to build a workforce of peers so huge that people are like, they want them everywhere, right? Like I want I want them to search out straight up care peers to be at the table for everything. And I wanna build up people in recovery so much so that we have their voice at every table. So every meeting where we're talking about addiction and recovery, there is somebody who's in recovery at those spaces or somebody who is actively using in those spaces. Um, I visualize that we do get into the VR world and what it looks like to maybe immersively train people to better understand uh, addiction, mental health and recovery and what it looks like. And I think that we just kind of build, keep adding on to this straight up care ecosystem that we've created and just, yeah, straight up care all day, every day. (laughs) That's my goal anyway. I like it. I like it. Um, How do how do people get connected with you and straight up care at this point? Yeah. So you can go to straightupcare.com and check out the website. If you have any questions, you can, you know, find us via all the contact links on there. Um, you can reach out to Dr. Mo at straight up care and I'll be happy to answer anything that I can, or I'll ship it off to Jonathan if I don't have the skills to answer it, but yeah, reach out, like, especially if people are peers, let's, let's get together and let's, let's work to, to make a space where you can do what you do in the way that you want to do it. And even if you don't want to work online, our platform is still totally applicable for working in person too. You know, making sure you're taking notes, keeping information safe. It's appointment reminders, it's payment. You know, you can still use it uh, face-to-face, which is what we do. I have a street medicine team as well. And that's what we do with street medicine too. The peers that go out with us on the beat uh, and doing rounds are also using our platform in order to take notes and take take the information in that they need to in order to make sure that they have everything they need just to do their job correctly. And that that's what we want to do is legitimize, maybe not regulate the heck out of peer supports. <laughs> we don't want that, but we want to legitimize what we do in a way that makes everybody know that we're, we're doing it like any other, you know, profession. So. Very cool. Is there anything else you want to share with folks or aspects of straight up care that I didn't ask about? Man, I think I got it all in. <laughs> yeah, just like kind of to wrap it up, you know, we we are uh, training administrative and compliant tools for peer supports to work with their clients remotely or face to face. So we're just we just want to help, man. We just want to make our 
our uh, space in the recovery uh, space even better. So nice. Thank you. Would it, (laughs) yeah. Would it make, would it make, sorry, I just had this thought while you were chat, while you were talking or responding to the last question, would it make sense for an organization to reach out and just like, would they be able to use straight up care as like their admin tool? Yeah, absolutely. It can be either a point that they use, you know, individually, if they just have like a couple of peer supports, they could use it that way. Or if it was something that needed to be integrated into their systems, uh, Jonathan has a way of white labeling and turning it into your own platform as well. So if you have a lot of people that you're working with and you want to just like, whoa, this seems like a cool tool for our organization, we can absolutely either use straight up care through your organization or we can white label it and turn it into, you know, as if it's branded for your organization as well. So definitely lots of options and we're willing to get creative. Again, Jonathan is a developer. He has all the all the skills to make all the magic happen. So we're happy to work with anyone that that thinks that they can, you know, bring bring us up or we can bring them up or, you know, good partnerships are always always an awesome thing. Well, very cool. Well, Dr. Mo, if there's nothing else, uh, I'll just say thank you so much for being here today and and sharing about straight up care sounds like some really cool work ah thank you absolutely i'm happy to be here thank you for what you do thank you for connecting with us listeners our goal in sharing stories and information is to provide hope and resources to the field of peer recovery please join us again next month on recovery talk you can find our episodes on our website peerrecoverynow.org That's peerrecoverynow.org or wherever you find your podcasts. Peer Recovery Center of Excellence is funded by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to enhance peer recovery support services by expanding access to training and technical assistance services across the country. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official policies of the Department of Health and Human Services, nor does mention of trade names, commercial practices, or organizations imply endorsement by the U.S. government. Talk with you next time.